There's a great temptation you need to be aware of that can totally rip you off and steal you away from God's calling on your life. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to introduce today's study. It's so easy to be deceived and even self-deceived in this area of our life because emotions can take over. We tend to think that we're stronger than we really are against the onslaught of temptation and evil influences, so we take our chances. And as we yield in that direction, we're influenced more by the evil than the temporary good. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Whether we realize it or not, we are easily influenced by the people we're in close relationship with, whether that's our spouse, close friends, even business partners. That's why today's warning from 2 Corinthians 6 is so important for us to hear and receive. Pastor Ed Taylor is going to show us why it's never a good idea to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, does that mean we're not going to hang out with the unsaved? Let's find out. We'll begin at verse 11. I was just sitting, I had lunch yesterday with a brother that's uh, planning a church out here, just moved here from California, and he's planning a trip up in the north part of Denver, and, and I got there a little early, uh, and, and I had my Bible open reading my Proverbs for the day right there on the table in Chipotle, and, and the gal, and she might even be here tonight because um, I invited her, um, she was just cleaning the floors. And so what are you reading? I said, I'm reading my daily Proverbs. Um, you know, do you, and we started talking about the things of the Lord. We started talking about what's going on in her life. She lives right up the street here in Aurora. She's pouring out her heart to me because what's going on and all the details of her life. We were able to hand her a card, tell her about the radio, tell her about the church, tell her about Friday nights, tell her about Most Excellent Way. I mean, everything about what we can do to help her, what you can do to help her. So I do get to sometimes be a part of that. I do have some divine appointments, but you're in the full-time ministry. I'm in the full-time ministry. That's the point. Do we got it? All right, back to 2 Corinthians now because there is something that is going to try to steal away your calling. There is a temptation out there, a couple of temptations out there that can really rip you off from being used in a great capacity by the Lord, can stall you, can hold you back. And that is to be associated in a close relationship with an unbeliever. Let me be very careful. That's not to say that you don't have any friends that are unbelievers or that you don't hang out where unbelievers are. That is not, not, not what 2 Corinthians 6 is teaching. One of the greatest sorrows when you read of statistics about new believers is they give up most of their old unbelieving friends within about six months. And they only surround themselves with believers. Now, you can add believers into your life, but, you know, your whole family's unsaved. You can't just abandon them. 
You know, you, you work in a place that's just filled with unsafe people. You can't just quit. I'm going to go work for a Christian outfit. No, I'm going to work in a cave with the Christians in the caves up there. And we're going to get out of the world. No, we are in the world, John 17. Jesus prayed. He, you know what he prayed? He prayed for us that we would not be taken out of the world. And you know those days where you're like, oh, this is so hard, Lord. Take me out. Well, Jesus already covered that. Look it up for yourself, John 17, 5 or 4, somewhere in there. If it's not that, read the whole chapter. It's in there. <laughs> He's already covered that in your life. But there is a, what the Bible would call, let's read it. Pick up with me in verse 11. O Corinthians, we've spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us. But you're restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, and I speak to children, you also be open. Verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Here's your choice in yoked relationships. Now, the idea behind yoke is not the kind of yoke that you think of with an egg. You know, Y-O-L-K. It's not a yoke, but it's a yoke. It's It's an apparatus. It's a device that basically is a piece of wood with two holes in it. And you would put it on two animals to combine their strength to get more work done. And when you would yoke two animals together for the plowing of the fields, and we do it all by tractors and stuff now, so it's hard to conceive this, but you can look it up and see it yourself in the Bible dictionary. When you put this together, you would want to put two animals of the same kind and generally the same strength. So if you had oxen, for example, you would want to put an ox in the left hole and put it up on their head, and you would want to put an ox in the right at about the same, so they would work together, so that their strength would be doubled or even tripled together. They would work harder. You would not want to yoke together an ox and a donkey to work together, because they wouldn't work together. They would fight one another. They would get no progress. It would not be helpful. You wouldn't want to put an ox and a lamb in there. They wouldn't work together. Those aren't animals that can yoke together. It would be counterproductive. It would be a waste of time. It would be hurtful. It would be harmful. You would completely lose if you yoke the wrong, if you put together. The idea behind yoking is to put together. That's why the word is also used in verse 14, fellowship. That's the Greek word what? Koinonia. The idea of sharing closely in common. That's true fellowship, where we share in common. There is no yoking. There is no fellowship. There is no communion, it says in verse 14. There is no accord. There is no part, verse 16. There is no agreement between believers and unbelievers. 
So don't yoke together with them. You go, Ed, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. An unbeliever doesn't care about the things of God. I'm not even going to qualify that, but I could. I could say an unbeliever doesn't care about the things of God like you do. An unbeliever doesn't care about the things of God, period. And for you to yoke together or to try to make fellowship or to try, look at all the things you would be trying to do. You will be yoked. You will try to have fellowship. You will have, try to have communion. You will have, verse 15, try to have an accord. You will have, try to have a part. You will try to have an agreement. And I'm telling you, don't do it because it won't happen. The Bible calls that kind of tight relationship unequally yoked. And primarily, we often will use this text, especially for you singles, to warn you about future relationships. Do not yoke together with an unbeliever, especially in your impatience. Because there's always seasons in singleness of impatience. It's just the natural don't think down on yourself. It's just natural. Paul's love of the Corinthians continues to shine. and He wants them. He wants to protect them. Something's already happening in the church. And that is false believers have come and yoked together with other believers and have done great damage to the church. This isn't even about, the, the context of this isn't even about the marriage issue. It's about the influence of these false teachers that had yoked together and done great damage to the church and to Paul. The believers in Corinth were simply unwise to yoke together for those that would come against God's chosen vessel. It's exactly what Paul was doing, Saul of Tarsus. He was trying to destroy the very thing that God built. Here's the same things happening in Corinth. It's the same story over and over again. Those that don't love God, those that don't serve God, try to destroy that which God has built. And influence is everything. If you give your influence to unbelievers, they can do great damage. You don't have to get married to them but to be influenced by the world. But, you know, the marriage is, if you're single, you want to marry a believer. If you're single, you want to marry a believer. Now, ladies, let me say this. I'm going to isolate you for a second. Ladies, you need to marry a believer that's stronger than you. Oh, you're not. Amen. You go, oh. <laughs> but you do. You need a man that's going to be a godly man leader for your home, not someone that says, I think he's a believer. You think he's a believer? Like, what does that mean? Well, he, yeah, he did say Bible once. I heard that word. <laughs> and you know, Pastor, I'll get him to church. What matter if you get him to church or... They need to be a godly man. And you're like, well, I have to wait a long time. You're going to have to wait as long as God asks for you to wait. I don't know if it's long or short, but you don't want to yoke together with someone that's not stronger than you, not leading you. Now, guys, I'm going to talk to you. You need to be that strong, godly man that God can connect you with, a woman that would be perfectly suited for you. That takes time. So whether it's spiritually based or practically based, being unequally yoked together with unbelievers is sinful. And again, not after the fact. Sometimes it happens after the fact. This is when you have the decision, you can make the decision. It's sinful, hurtful, and can make life so much more difficult. 
We can be unequally yoked in marriage. We can be unequally yoked in business. We can be unequally yoked in partnerships. We can even be unequally yoked in friendships. And and again, this isn't a prohibition against having friends who aren't believers uh, or even those that need to grow a little bit. That's not what it's saying. The principle is we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But it speaks of a lasting yoking. You know, if you were to be yoked together in your mind, you have the yoke, you have the oxen, there's no getting out. You can try to get out. You can pull, 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 and you're fighting against what's... There's no getting out. The the yoke is locked on your head. It's locked. The decision's set. So what happens? What happens is we often, as pastors, will have to deal with the consequences of a bad decision of being unequally yoked. And I'll tell you exactly what. I, I can write it down and put it in an envelope and seal it and put it in my desk of exactly what's going to be said or some variation of it. He's an unbeliever. He doesn't care about the things of God. He I can go on and on. And, and I'm like, well, did you know that when you married him? Yes. I know. And now it's painful, isn't it? Because we, if you came through Calvary, we probably told you. We probably told you don't do it. And then the response is, oh, you don't know, Pastor. Stop lording over me. Don't lord over me. Don't tell me what to do. Doesn't that sound like Paul right here? Did you hear what Paul said? Oh, Corinthians We've spoken openly to you. Our heart's wide open. We, we don't want to control you. You're not restricted by us. We don't have that control over you. You can make whatever decision you want to make under the Lord. You can make bad decisions if you want. But we're not restricting you. We're just not going to be a part of it. You know, that's what happens in premarital. We have a list of things and we'll say, if you want to get married in a sinful way, we say it's not a good idea. We say on the authority of God's word. And we'll tell you, we don't want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of it the right way. We want to be a part of your life. We want to walk with you, but we can't. We can't step into your sinful decisions. Then who's going to tell us what to do? Like, you're going to have to have some authority that says, you can't do that, you can't do that. We have to stand for righteousness even more so as things get dark around us. Things are getting darker and darker. It seems as if, to me, that we're living in just like it was in the days of Noah. And you know what happened in the days of Noah? Judgment came. And it seems to me we're walking in those days. But that response is, you can't restrict us. We're not restricting you. We're just telling you we're not going to be a part of it. We're telling you it's not wise. We're telling you what the Bible says. We're telling you move out. Stop having sex. That's what we're telling you. You can't restrict us. I'm not restricting you. You're not restricted by us. You're restricted by your own affections, your own sin, your own decisions. It's on you. It's not on me. That's what Paul says to them, and that's what we say to you now. So please don't. It applies to every area of our life, this unequally yoked relationship, that we would allow worldly and ungodly influences to change our lives. It's so easy to be deceived and even self-deceived in this area of our life because emotions can take over. We tend to think that we're stronger than we really are against the onslaught of temptation and evil influences. So we take our chances. And as we yield in that direction, we're influenced more by the evil than the temporary good. Let me paint a picture for you as it relates to, to unequally yoked. Because when you're unequally yoked... Well, let's say, come on up here. Yep, come on up here. I'm going to put you on camera. So I am, I am the believer, 
and I'm in a place of strength, and here's an unbeliever. Not really, but he's, he's going to play the part right now, unbeliever. Let me, let me have your hands. Can I have your hands? So would it be easier for me to pull you up here? I should have picked someone else. No. So I can't pull him up here, but what does it take for him to pull me down? All he did was just tug. Thank you. Someone that won't come back to church ever again. <laughs> Front row. Um, all he had to do was tug me. I could pull with all my strength. I could tug. I can do everything that I could to try to bring him up. Just a few feet. You know that idea. He's so close. I can do it. I'm strong. I've been working out. But in this position, that he has all the leverage. All he has to do is, he didn't even have to use two hands. All he had to do is just knock me over. I want you to see that visual in your mind. Because that's what it looks like when you yoke together with an unbeliever. You will not pick them up. You don't have the capacity. An unbeliever is already rebelling against the Spirit of God. What makes you think you're stronger than the Spirit of God? They have all the leverage It doesn't take much for them to pull you down. And that story is repeated over and over and over and over and over again. And unfortunately, I think because of Scripture, it will be repeated over and over again until we see Jesus face to face. But may you not fall prey to it. May the picture, the understanding... You know, the Bible says in verse 16, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. That's the relationship that we want. I'm going to dwell in them. So what does he say in verse 17? Come out from among them and be separate. Don't touch what is unclean. And here's the relationship. This is where we end. Verse 18, I will be a father to you. Do you want to be yoked with someone? Yoke with the father. Do you want to pour your time and energy into something? Then yoke with the Father. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And when it comes to that, then the Father is in my position. And you, we are yoking together with the Father. And the Father can pick you up and take you higher, which he does every day. You've been created very specially. God has made you. Nothing's wasted by God. And yet there's these influences that are designed to take you out and take you down. And you and I just can't dismiss this without consequences. You can't just blow me off. I mean, you can, but you'll face the consequences. We have to be very careful in the decisions that we made. It was a Harry Ironside that said this. Uh, He's a great Bible teacher. He said, I quote, If you are the child of God and marry a child of the devil, you're sure to have trouble with your father-in-law. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And like Paul said, I'm not trying to restrict you or try to lord over you. I have no business and no place. And the Bible actually tells me not to do that. But I'll tell you what, I'll beg and I'll plead. I'll introduce you to a few casualties along the way so that you can see that this is wise counsel to stay pure, to stay strong. One final word. I know that I'm speaking to a large audience right now, and some of you are unequally yoked as I speak. It could have been a decision you entered into. It could have been a decision that 
has happened because, again, like Marie and I, we got married as unbelievers, and I got saved first, and then Marie got saved not too long after, but you're right now married to a spouse that isn't saved. Don't jump out. But the key lubricant in that relationship is and always will be love. And so allow the Holy Spirit to be that key strength in your life. Don't beat yourself up. Don't condemn you. Please don't walk away from a Bible study like this. I should have and I could have. No, 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 no. Nothing is wasted by God. And just as much as God is going to use you in their life, so too will God use them, use you in their life, use them in your life to grow you and mature you. And let that God, that relationship here in verse 18, let God be a father to you. You'll be his sons and daughters. And be careful. Now, there's a whole other part to this that we won't get to, but there's a whole other part where the yoking together with the worldly influences. Just be careful what you let in your mind, how you think. Because even worldly influences, you can yoke together with stuff that just isn't in the word. And you need the wisdom of the word. That's why you need the Proverbs every day. Just read, that's wisdom, straight up. Straight up wisdom, every day, Proverbs. Some worship in the Psalms. And then some, some stuff in the Gospels. That's a good pattern. You wonder how to do devotions? There's 31 Proverbs. Do a chapter a day. And then if there's only 30 days, do both of them at the end. And then do a few Psalms and get the heart of worship. And then do a few chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John so you can learn about Jesus and see what wisdom and worship looks like in real life. It'll bless you. You're listening to Abounding Grace and a message from Pastor Ed Taylor called Worldly Influences Do Change a Person. You can hear it again online at calvaryco.church. Pastor Ed, we learned today that it's not a good idea to be unequally yoked in our relationships. Maybe someone listening right now is thinking, well, I'm just dating them. We're not married yet. And I'll just hope and pray that they become a Christian before we tie the knot. Would you speak to that person as we close? Please, if you are choosing to be unequally yoked, stop it. Stop sinning now. The idea that you're just dating them and you're not married yet does not take away the admonition to not be unequally yoked. A dating relationship is yoking together, growing together, learning together, and it's not God's will for you to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Would you please step back and evaluate your life in light of God's Word? I know that at this point, many people, they don't believe me. Uh, They think that the Bible's being a little hard here or a little difficult, but we have many men primarily, but a few women as well in our church that are unequally yoked. Uh, They were saved both as unbelievers, and then they got saved. And while they didn't have the choice like you do, you're in a greater position. You can choose. But they didn't have the choice, and now that they're a believer and their spouse is not, It's very, very difficult. And please repent of the sin of being unequally yoked. And don't think that dating is a missionary endeavor. It's not. This person's not resistant to you or to some church or some Bible teaching. They're resistant to the holy, righteous God who bought and paid for their soul by sending his own son, Jesus Christ. If they're resisting 
If they're resisting the Holy Spirit, I don't know what makes you think you're going to change them. And so let them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before you enter into any long-term relationship that's beyond a friendship, and wait for God to do that thorough work in their lives. Thanks for those encouraging words, Pastor Ed. I'm sure someone listening right now really needed to hear that. Thank you for your support of Abounding Grace. It does make a difference. Your donation will serve to help us bring these daily studies to your station and many others like it every day. We're consistently receiving wonderful reports from listeners of how God is using the Word of God to help them grow by God's abounding grace. And when you support this ministry today with the gift of $25 or more, we'd like to send you Contented in All Things Peace by Jeff Geip. Maybe you've noticed many Americans today lack true contentment. No matter how much they have, they're always wanting more, bigger, better. But that doesn't have to be the case for you. And in Contented, Pastor Jeff Geip helps the reader find peace in all things and get on the path to contentment in Christ. Here's where to reach us, 877-30-GRACE, or turn to calvaryco.church on the web. That's 877-30-GRACE and calvaryco.church. Glad you've taken time out for our study. We'll bring you more from Pastor Ed Taylor's study of 2 Corinthians next time on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 